everyone, and welcome to Shipwrecks and Shanties, a podcast all about Rare's new multiplayer online pirate game. I am your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Siv. Hello, Siv. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great, Joss. How are you? I'm not too bad, except I missed out on the stress test this weekend, so you're going to have to tell me, how was it? Oh, I will fill you in. It was really fun, of course, because it's still Sea of Thieves and Sea of Thieves is really fun. Um, (laughs) I didn't get to play a ton because it was only from, uh, I think, Friday night to Sunday morning, right? The times are weird because they're in England and so it's, you know, for us, Damn it's a little England. bit different. I know, right? Because I, mean, I really gosh. wanted to play and I went to go play later on on Sunday and it was down already. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think it was like eight in the morning or so that it went down. But again, it went live like at like eight in the morning on Friday morning. So it's right. just like a 48 hour thing. Um, it was good. It was definitely a stress test, which they did emphasize to us. Uh, on Twitter and through some YouTube videos in the week leading up to it. Right. Um, They actually, they posted a whole video telling people exactly what to expect and uh, kind of how long, not necessarily how long it was going to last, but you know what they were testing for and why they were doing another closed ish, open ish beta. So basically again, you had the same level of access. If you pre-ordered, then you had access to the stress test. So um, they were really open and transparent about what exactly they wanted out of this weekend. And it seemed like they kind of hit all the points that they wanted to and tested all the things that they did. And you said that they were taking it down every once in a while, too. Not so much taking the game down, but there were definitely moments where they put out on Twitter or uh, wherever, like, you know, hey, we're we're not letting anyone else in right now. Right. Because they had. They had players that, that that were in, they had identified some issues and they were hot fixing them. Uh, so they didn't want to bring new players in. Um, I mean, some of the issues that we ran into this weekend were just some, you know, stuttering or lagginess, particularly around outposts, um, which is good because outposts are so central to the game. We want that experience when you're in an outpost to be uh, smooth so I think they were just trying to gauge server load and they were trying to you know figure out what happens when you have a bunch of people go to to one area of the map, in particular an outpost that has a lot of NPCs and a lot of uh, you know things going on around it. It's a critical part, part of the game that you definitely want that to be running smooth. So Well, exactly, um, because in the outposts, I mean, you've got not only your merchants, so I we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about cosmetic items in the game, but you've got all your merchants that are there for you to actually go and interact with. Not to mention your three factions are all going to be there, so that's where you're kind of turning in your quests and everything else. But then the thing is, it's not a kind of combat-free zone, and that's where no. the stress kind of comes in when it comes to like an actual tech and server side, right? So When you're at the outpost and PvP is enabled anywhere on that location, you're already going to have an influx of players because they're just so central to to everything that happens in Sea of Thieves. But then when you have to do all the calculations surrounding players in combat and figuring out, you know, who's standing where, which weapons are aiming in which places and then where all the projectiles are going and you have to do it like that because it's combat. So it needs to be very reactive. Then you also have to render all the people who are standing around and maybe not participating in combat or, you know, all the ships that might be sailing around. Like there's so much to to render. 
that's where you spawn when you start a game is you start at an outpost. Right, so right. at any moment you could have, uh, you know, four new players and a ship just pop <laughs> in. You know? I mean, that definitely does things to the servers that. Right. Uh, and know, that the thing about how. The thing about all how all these games work, because, I mean, you and I play a lot of PUBG as well, and it's basically like your computer is not constantly figuring out where everyone is on the map all the time and all like the vehicles that have exploded and all the right. everything. Right. It's all done right. in like a radius around your character. So that's why you can have a smooth experience way out on the edge of the map. And then all of a sudden, when you get into the outpost and you have to start figuring out and talking to all these other computers and stuff that's when the crazy big load happens. So the stress test was to make sure that when people go on launch day to an outpost and try to, you know, load up their ship with supplies and get going into the game, that it's not going to lag and crash and everything else. So I'm glad that it seemed to be successful. Yeah, I think they got the information that they needed. I mean, I think what they want to avoid as much as possible is, um, I, I don't, know uh how far back your wow experience goes but i know um there were certain things uh in particular during the missa pandaria launch where it was like you had to start your first quest with one particular npc right Mm -hmm. and your entire server was right there as soon as the (laughs) thing launched you know and it's kind of an opening area sort of thing I think they want to avoid that kind of like bottlenecking and congestion uh, on launch day. So they're they're really trying to load it up and figure out exactly what, you know, they need to be doing on the on the server side to make sure everything runs smooth and that everyone gets a smooth gameplay experience. Now, I will say 95% of the time I was playing super smooth, like really great, which um, is really good and really um I guess uh, a good sign leading into the launch that, you know, they they're specifically doing a stress test weekend and 95% of the game is stable. Like that's a really good sign for, for a stable launch day. So I think so. I am really looking forward to it because if anything missing out on this stress test, because it was so short, just created a need for me to play. It's like, just the whole supply and demand I mean, thing, right? Like they have I mean, no supply. So, yeah, exactly. Cause <laughs> we was, just, I was definitely like we talked last week. I was, you know, really missing the game and really yep. wanted to play. Uh, so the stress tests afforded that opportunity and they did indicate they may do more stress tests in the future. So, Oh, I'm sure they we'll will. See. And we still have, uh, what, five more weeks until launch or four more weeks until launch. So, uh, it's the 20th. So, I mean, Today's the 21st. Um, yep. <laughs> so we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. About four, four more weeks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that we're probably going to get one, if not two more um, beta type tests, because I'm sure that they're probably going to do an open beta at some point as well, because they want to get as much hype around the game as possible. So I know, at least for me, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I was going to do the Xbox Pass, which is, uh, if you're not familiar, Xbox is putting out this uh, basically like a game pass and you pay like $10 a month and then you get access to a whole catalog. It's basically like Netflix for games. And so they've said that they're doing uh, some of the Xbox exclusives are going to be available launch day through this pass. So Sea of Thieves is included in that. And that was going to be my plan as I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Xbox pass. I'm going to spend like 20 or 30 bucks on it. So do it for two or three months and kind of see if 
see if Thieves catches on, if I really like it, if my friends keep playing it or if it's going to drop off right away. And then I haven't spent, you know, full retail price on this game. But now I'm just like, I've had so much fun in the beta and missing out on this stress test may be so sad. I'm like, even if I have to go in and play like just with one other person or play by myself, like I really see myself playing a lot of this game. So I'm like, I think I just need to pre-order because I really want to play so badly. And it's all because of missing the stress test. And I yeah. feel like now I need things that are included in the pre-order because there's a bunch of cosmetic items. And I can't remember the, black the name. black dog pack. Yes, the yeah. pack. I need the black dog pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I'm a just... whole bunch of cosmetic items, mm-hmm. uh, which are which are pretty cool. I definitely dove in on the pre-order. I, I pre-ordered through Amazon so that I could get the code because when I was... Trying to get in the beta, the Microsoft store was being really weird. Right. Uh, so I, I pre-ordered on the Amazon and I thought, I'm going to get in the beta. I'm going to try it out. If it's cool, I'll consider keeping it. But if I'm not into it, I'll just cancel my pre-order and, you know, no love lost. Yeah, I'm all in. I am all in. <laughs> that pre-order in my mind is is done deal. Money's already spent. I am ready to go come launch day. Um, and I will be getting... The sweet uh, black dog pack, which uh, which has some cool uh, cosmetic items in it. Right. So that's what we're talking about today is we're going to talk about exactly what it means in Sea of Thieves to be a cosmetic item. There's a whole bunch of different things that were available to us in beta, but there's a whole lot still to come. So um, in the beta, we basically had two different sets of cosmetic items, right, Siv? We did. So there's going to be more as the game releases, but... Basically, well, really, there's three sets, I guess. Um, you start off with the basic, uh, what they call sailors set. Uh, set may be the wrong word. I guess it is a set, but it's very simplistic. It's oftentimes, uh, you know, you don't even have a shirt or, or anything, you know, and you got torn up shorts or whatever. Um, kind of looks like you're a castaway that, you know, just got picked up off a deserted island after being there for three months and <laughs> you're in shambles. But, um, you know, you get your basic kit of everything, but there's two other sets that are available for purchase through the clothing vendor. Um, and there's different categories of stuff. So there's clothing, there's equipment, etc. So the, the first set is the build rat set, which is interesting in, in that all the items look old and busted. Um, the, the hurdy gurdy is held together literally with some rope and some nails. Uh, I mean, <laughs> You got a compass that, uh, I mean, looks like it probably barely functions. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then in contrast with that, you have the Admiral's items, which you can imagine look very regal and and fresh. And you have this big, you know, blue and white and red accents, you know, on your coat and a big hat with a big feather in it or whatever, you know, Um, those kind of things. All the equipment is nice and new and you know, your telescope doesn't have cracks in it or isn't bent one way. Or, you know. <laughs> uh, I remember so. seeing a couple of players in the full Admiral gear when we were playing in the beta and man, it's kind of intimidating. It's <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it sure. looks like they know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in the in the beta, we had literally no character customization. We were assigned a random character. In fact, my character and your character Kind of looked like twins um, with different haircuts. <laughs> they totally did. Yeah, I think mine was uh, short and yours was long or vice versa. Yeah. I can't really remember. Yep. But yeah, they I were was both, you know, female and, and thin and, you know, whatnot. And and uh, the hair, I think, was the only difference between our characters, which was 
interesting. Yeah, um, and I found that a little bit uh, not necessarily frustrating, but in a game that has a definite like it has multiplayer and cosmetic items, like you want to be able to customize your character, right? Like you you want to choose your pirate. So I found it very odd that there was no character customization. And I thought that that was going to carry through into the launch, but apparently not Um, in the stress. In the stress test. Yeah, I was like, it's not it's kind of the beta, but kind of not the beta. But in the stress test, um, you actually had a different way of choosing a character. And I and I do want to spend a little bit of time on this because I feel like if it stays the way it is, then it's a little bit of a misstep by Rare because uh, why don't you explain exactly how you kind of customize your character okay. in air quotes so the way, because, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, customization is is a uh, loose uh, term Loose here. term, yeah. <laughs> um, the, basically, the way that it worked was you were shown six pirates at a time. They were kind of all standing in a circle around this mass and you could kind of spin around the room and see each one um, individually. And they were basically just six randomly generated pirates. Uh, Some would have beards and be big fat guys with a hook on their hand. Some would be skinny little dudes with a peg leg and, you know, funny hat or whatever. Um, So you would kind of get to do that and you'd see six and then you could you could hit down or whatever. I think I think it was down and you would hit you would regenerate six more. Right. So you could kind of like cycle through that way. Um, You know, thinking through that, I mean. I wonder if they're trying to kind of make it so it's not like everyone just makes a pirate that looks like themselves, uh, you know, like an avatar. Maybe it's more they just want it to be fun and funny. I don't know. I mean, well, and it you could might... have just been that they needed people or they wanted people to spend their time in and around the outpost because it was a stress test. Right. So they didn't That's necessarily. True want they people spending not, a whole yeah. bunch of time in character customization, especially yeah, exactly. since none of any of our progress is going to be saved. Right. So this, right, everything right. gets wiped. So I'm wondering well, if and, people, and they just wanted guys to, you know, get in, start sailing, be pirates and go. It could be that, or maybe, maybe it could be, they want people to kind of branch out and be like, Oh, Hey, look at this big fat pirate with the skinny little legs. Yeah. He's funny. I'll play him. <laughs> look at his teeth. They're all Jack, you know, whatever. And, and maybe pick something that you wouldn't ordinarily pick or, you know, maybe they just wanted to get people in playing the game. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, I don't know, because I guess like my way of thinking when I'm looking at this character air quotes customization, it's like if I see exactly the pirate I want, but they've got maybe like a hook for a hand or the wrong colored hair. And all I want to change is either like add or remove the hook or change them from, you know, a brunette to a blonde. Why Do I have to keep hook? Uh, I, well, I'm just saying, or add a hook. Maybe I find a pirate <laughs> okay, that has okay. two hands and All I right. want a hook hand. I don't know. Um, right. But just the idea that like I have to keep pushing the randomized button until I find the exact character I want instead of being able to just tweak one or two things. Right. I find to be really, really odd in a game that is so visual. So I, I hope that they make a change and have an actual character customization. Like maybe you get six random pirates at the beginning and you could say, oh, that's closest to what I want. Click on them. And then there's another screen where you can kind of tweak them a little bit. I hope that that's the direction that they take, because otherwise I'm going to get so frustrated just sitting there. Because the other thing is, it's your character forever. Like you can't change the way that or at least from what we've seen, you can't change the way that you look. The only thing you can change is like your outfits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that is your character for the duration of your time in Sea of Thieves. So it seems odd to me that you might have to take a a lot of time in character creation. It's not like you get a new pirate every time you log into the game. So 
we'll see how it plays out on launch. But uh, as of right now, the way that they showed it in the stress test, I am not a fan of the way they do character creation. Sure. Now, I mean, the thing to consider, though, is there is so much that can be changed and upgraded. I mean, clothing alone. Here's the list of what can be upgraded either to either the bilge rat uh, items or the admiral's items or other future items that will come, uh, you know, in the game at launch. Uh, you can upgrade your beard, belt, boots, dress, eye patch, gloves, hair, hat, hook, jacket, peg leg, shirt, and trousers. Uh, so basically everything you can think of. <laughs> basically. Um, and then equipment wise, there's also equipment that can be updated, which is part of your kit. You get all of these things as a part of your base, uh, you know, kit, but they can be upgraded to the, the build right or the admiral's thing. So the bucket, the shovel, the compass, the tankard, the lantern, the hurdy gurdy and the concertina, which is your little mini accordion. Okay, so if a concertina is the little accordion thing, then what the heck is a hurdy-gurdy? Because I definitely thought that was the accordion. No, it's like the big uh, kind of guitar-looking thing with the crank on the side. I don't I don't really know what it is. I don't even know if it's real. We might just have to do a little research and report back. Uh, well, or maybe our listeners like, know. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard of at least like the term hurdy-gurdy before. I just yeah. don't even know if I, I thought maybe it was like a dance or something. I don't know. I'm learning so many things with this game. Let me tell I mean, you. maybe one of our <laughs> listeners is an expert on piratey instruments. Piratey, that's a word. Maybe. Right? We're going to, yes. we're going to say it's a word for the sake of this show. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, send us some feedback, uh, on, on our vernacular. So in terms of upgradable clothing and equipment, how much does all of this stuff cost? Because I didn't actually get any of the upgrades in the original beta. The only thing I upgraded, which I think we both upgraded, was the gold hoarder shovel. Because someone, I'm not naming names, but someone said that it was going to give me better chess. Spoiler alert, it does not. It's a cosmetic item. <laughs> I don't know. It might. It might. It might uh, increase your luck to get some better. I mean, here's the thing. It does not. You're you know, spreading I, fake news, Sam. <laughs> I, after I bought the gold hoarder shovel, I was getting better chests. Now, I mean, but you also coincided had, with the fact that I was yeah. doing better missions. I don't know. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, correl- correlation, maybe not causation, but correlation. <laughs> You know, started digging with that golden shovel and and what do you know? Captain's chest. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the only thing that I upgraded. So uh, when we're talking yeah, about so when you, cost, what's that look like? I, I mean, the great thing about this is it's all the costs of all the items is the same. So I think uh, we'll we'll talk about like the the beard upgrade or whatever. Right. Um, you can get the admiral's beard, which I would assume is kind of a nicely groomed, you know, respectable looking beard and the bilge rat beard, which I would assume is scraggly and dirty. Um, both of those have the same cost. I think they were both 40 gold, um, which is relatively cheap. Um, and, and all of these things, you know, they're varying in, in costs, but you know, for example, I think the, um, what was it? The hats I think are, are more like 
you know, 850 ish. I, I can't remember exactly, but you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. right? So it's well, like a dress you, is probably more than an eye patch and, and so yeah, on and yeah, so yeah. forth. The yeah. jacket is definitely like 1200s ish, you know? Yeah. But the thing is whether you're getting the Admiral's jacket or the build rat jacket, they're the same price. And I would assume that would carry through to any of the other items that will be added uh, for launch, you know, things, any of the other sets you can buy. Uh, the the cost between sets for the same item will be consistent, which is really great. So it's really just you choosing your own personal style. It's not based on a cost. It's, you know. Right, which I kind of like. You can look how you I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I like the idea of being able to pick a style without saying like one style is better than the other or whatever. Like it's how you want to appear in the sea of thieves. And if it's you not want necessarily to be a, a status that's symbol, fine. exactly. Yeah. It's not a status symbol. And there's so many things that are going to be status symbols, uh, because basically these outfits, that's, that's what they are between your outfits and your titles. And we'll talk about titles in a later episode, but the outfits and your ship and the titles are how you essentially show off what you've done in sea of thieves. So it's more so about unlocking access to different outfits than it is necessarily about grinding a whole bunch of gold to be able to afford it, which I really, really like that. It falls in line yeah. with their combat of not having any sort of, you know, uh, better weapons or better uh, apparel. Yeah, to, to entry. To, yeah, yeah, there's exactly like if I've been playing for 100 hours and you've been playing for two, the only thing that's going to separate us is skill and experience as opposed to, you know, me having the best gun in the game and the best jacket that makes me immune to your bullets at level whatever. So I mean, the fact that um, there's going to be no combat advantages whatsoever to these outfits, I think is a huge, huge, huge step in the right direction in terms of like how to deal with all this stuff. It's like, if you want to show off all the cool things you've done in Sea of Thieves, cool, there's an outfit for that. If you don't care, it doesn't matter because it doesn't put you at a disadvantage. So I really like that. Exactly. It is um, truly cosmetic only. The the one thing I'm kind of curious about, although like it, when you say, you know, hats were 800 gold and jackets were 1200 gold and we were getting like a couple of hundred gold per mission. I'm I am wondering if they're going to need a gold sink, but there's also so many things that are customizable that maybe they don't need to make uh, like higher status outfits actually worth more. Like, I don't know how much this was like beta pricing versus what's going to be actually like on live our cost of outfits. But yeah, just we'll have the, to uh, see. We'll have to see. Yeah. I just, I'm just and wondering we'll if there's going to the, need, if they're going to need a gold sink in the game at any point in time. Right. And and we'll also have to look at like quantity. I mean, if there's, if there's 10 different sets at launch, I don't think you need gold sink. Like there's no, definitely not there for people. <laughs> to, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be that many, but there will definitely be more than two. So oh, yeah, we'll see. For sure. We'll see how it shakes out. And I'm sure that they'll definitely kind of keep tabs on it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we mentioned that you can buy cosmetic items from factions. And so we've, we've got to assume that the gold hoarder shovel isn't going to be the only thing that you can buy. So there's a good no, chance there's, that you'll there's be also unlocking. a gold hoarders bucket. And I yeah. think there's a compass. Right. And it's all like gold and stuff like that. In addition to that, you can buy additional weapons. Um so when we played in the open, or in the, I'm sorry, in the closed beta, um, we started with three weapons, the sword, the pistol, and the sniper rifle. Um, 
in the stress test, the sniper rifle was not included in the base kit. All we had was a sword and a pistol. I don't know why necessarily. I haven't really heard anything about that. But you could purchase the sniper rifle from a weapon vendor, uh, and they had a couple different ones or whatever. Again, cosmetic, a sniper rifle is a sniper rifle. Um, they all do the same damage. They all have the same viewfinder with the little cracks in it um, so you can kind of see where the center is. But uh, you could buy the sniper rifle uh, and and use it in the stress test. It was not included at the beginning like it was in the beta. Additionally, you can buy uh, the blunderbuss, uh, which is kind of a shotgun-style weapon. It's high damage, short range, um, really great for when you're uh, jumping on a ship and going to take out some dudes. Kind of well, kinda, I mean. We all style know. I was going to say, we all know <laughs> that this is going to turn into Joss's weapon of choice, right? Because especially Absolutely. when I'm first getting into a new game, that's totally my play style. Like the jump in head first Vanguard type thing with then the, again, high damage, short range weapon like a shotgun. And uh, that's just the way I like to play as I'm kind of learning because you don't need to worry about aiming so much with a shotgun. Like, do you have your gun out? Is your opponent in front of your gun? Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. <laughs> well, and and one thing we'll talk about in a future episode when we cover combat is that um, a lot of times you're going to be in real close quarters combat. And uh, yeah, you know, ships aren't that big and you're going to be fighting people on ships. So uh, a weapon like a blunderbuss is, is uh, pretty handy to have around. Yeah. So the reason that we wanted to talk so much about cosmetic items this week is because we did get some news from Rare uh, in the last few days, basically stating that they're going to add microtransactions. Ah, the dreaded M word. Exactly. So we wanted to take a couple minutes here because I know uh, me personally, if you guys are a fan of Gamers In, you know that I have been very vocal and I have raged over the concept of microtransactions in games. There's, you know, like my comments about heroes basically saying like 2.0 was the worst thing that they ever did in heroes from a consumer standpoint because they gave they put three different currencies in the game. You buy one thing and you can no longer see the direct cost when you're trying to like craft air quotes craft a skin. Um, So, I mean, like when it comes to having many, many currencies available to you. Or the flip side of that is just going straight up loot boxes, which Heroes does as well, but also Overwatch. And there's a billion different examples, Shadows of Mordor PUBG. and well, PUBG and um, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 are all examples that have been very much in the news lately that I've totally raged against because I hate the idea of paying real money for a chance at the thing that I want. I want to be able Absolutely. to say, even if the cost is way higher, I'd rather say, I spent $20 and I got the black mini skirt that I want to run around in in PUBG. I don't want to pay $200 in loot boxes trying to open it randomly. <laughs> it just like it drives me insane. Uh, so when Rare said, OK, we're going to add microtransactions, I was like, no, but what they're doing is not what everyone else is doing. I think they're doing it the right way. So. I agree. There's and I do think even though I think that all the all the examples I just mentioned are doing it the wrong way, I do understand that we have reached a point in game development where developers are making very beautiful, very complicated, very expensive to produce products. And especially in a game like Sea of Thieves with, you know, a whole bunch of different things 
running in the background, there's a lot of stuff to pay for beyond just the, you know, buy it, plug it in, play it, put it on the shelf. Like these games don't follow that model anymore. So I understand the need for a kind of stream of income to help maintain the game over a longer period of time. Um, I just feel like those other games have kind of done it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at like PUBG, for example, um, it is kind of turned into a multi-currency sort of thing with the keys that you need to unlock the loot boxes that you get. And um, it, also it just doesn't seem like they're really putting that money to good use because <laughs> their servers are still on AWS, the Amazon uh, web servers. Mm hmm. Um, which are fine if you're just storing a database that, you know, you need access from time to time, not great for, for a game with a hundred players dropping into the same area at once and all those connections and, you know, trying to register hits and things like that. So, I mean, one of the big complaints that people have had with PUBG is like, we, we want them to get onto their own servers and, and really start to, you know, make that game smoother. It's not smooth a lot of times that game is a very unpleasant play experience. Uh, I mean, as much as I love that game, it's unpleasant a lot of the time <laughs> um, due to the fact that they have crappy servers that weren't designed to have games hosted on them. Um, right. Thieves, so the cost, the cost of server maintenance is, is a really big cost that needs to be paid for over a continuous amount of time. Absolutely. And there's other ways to do that. If you look at, you know, World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> you can pay your $15 a month or if you're in Canada, 20 mm -hmm. um, to, you know, basically help them keep those servers running. And uh, you get regular content updates out of them as well. Um, and obviously there's expansions, yada, 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 but you do get well, but regular the thing is, like, if content I, updates. If I fixes. buy the latest WoW expansion, so I've bought Legion, then, you know, patch 7.1, patch 7.2, like those are all free for me as long as I'm still carrying on with my subscription. Exactly. So basically what we've heard from Sea of Thieves is that they're essentially like following the World of Warcraft model, but they're not charging a subscription, which means that money needs to come from somewhere because they're coming out with a few months after launch, their first major content patch that they've already told us some of the things that are coming with that content. Um, but we're not necessarily talking just cosmetic items, but they're also patching in new game systems and mechanics and all this kind of stuff that's coming within a couple of months of launch. So if you want that continuous free content and it has to be free because they want everyone playing their game to have the same access because it's all PVP. So you don't have the option of, you know, not being on the same map or, you know, not having the same mechanics as your neighbor, like everything needs to be the same. So this content needs to be free and that needs to be paid for in some way. And subscriptions just really aren't a great option because it it kind of um, keeps people from playing. Because if you look at World of Warcraft, the reason World of Warcraft works is just because it's kind of like it's ingrained, right? People have been have been paying for WoW for God, what are we at? 13 years now or something crazy? Something like that. Yeah. So if you've been. It's a little paying, bit of a holdover. From, it is. From a bygone era. So um, much so because you've got. People are now, okay with it, you know. Yeah. Now you've got not only your Warcraft subscriptions, but you've also got things like your PlayStation Plus and you're, you know, you're paying all of these other things to all of these services that are, you know, a few bucks here and a few bucks there. And subscriptions have become kind of the way to access networks. 
So you're paying your WoW subscription and that's, you know, 15 or 20 bucks a month. Then you're paying another like five to 10, depending on if you're, you know, on the PlayStation network and the Xbox network and everything else. That adds up really quickly and people just can't justify another 10, 15, 20 dollars a month for a subscription. We've seen I mean, so many yeah, MMOs. Yeah, we've seen it with other MMOs. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, everyone else, Wildstar, um, ESO, uh, SWOTOR, everything has just totally dropped the subscription model. And if you don't have a subscription, like all of those other games now have microtransactions in one way or another. And some of them do it well and some of them do it poorly. But really, a subscription model in this day of age just isn't the way to get people to play your game. So yep. what they've decided to do here, I think, is the right way to go about it. Let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit because they were exceptionally clear. And this is one of the things I really appreciate about Rare. I don't think I've played any of their games before, but as a company, they're doing a really good job of being exceptionally clear and concise in their communication to their player base. So they put out on YouTube a, a kind of a explanation of micro, microtransactions and how it's going to work. They were exceptionally clear. They stated that you will be able to buy items that are cosmetic only with real money, right? So any item that you spend real money on is cosmetic and is only an item that adds to the fun social nature of the game. That's a direct quote from their executive producer. Um, so it will not be stuff that uh, gives anyone a, a, an advantage or alters the gameplay in any way. The first items, in fact, that they're going to come out with are going to be pets. Um, so initially, at least the first two pets uh, are going to be a monkey. Uh, I, I believe a Brazilian monkey that rides on your shoulder. <laughs> uh, and then the other pet is a cat that will kind of prowl on your ship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, OK, I mean, I know monkeys and cats. Super cool. I get it. Why is there no parrot? Because I understand that their like target audience for this game is kind of like our generation and younger. So we're talking the generation that grew up on Pirates of the Caribbean, right? So, you know, Absolutely. they, they name the monkey Jack and monkeys are synonymous with pirates now for people kind of 30 and younger. I get it. That's what they know. But pirates and parrots, that's like married in my mind i don't understand why they wouldn't <laughs> well, have I mean, a I parrot may, as a pet <laughs> we may get a parrot as a pet eventually um i mean the cat the cat is going to be fun uh, it prowls around your ship and also apparently you can shoot it out of a cannon i don't know why you'd want to i don't know <laughs> what happens uh but you can i mean here's the thing it's not like a it's not like a cruel thing or anything like that, right? You could shoot yourself out of a cannon and you're just right. fine. You know, you can shoot yourself way up onto the top of a mountain and land just fine and not even really take any yeah, fall damage. It's, it's a video game, it's cartoons, it's animated. Calm yeah, down, people. So, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, it would be it would be really funny if you could say load a cat into a cannon and shoot it at an enemy ship, hit someone in the face and the cat claws them. But uh again, Cosmetic only. They're not uh, combat pets. They're not there to. Unfortunately. You know. Yeah, it would be funny, but um, my I mean, big it will question be interesting is to see what happens. Yeah, my big question is like, what happened? So let's say I buy myself an orange cat and I name him Thrall and I love him and he's all over my ship while we're searching for treasures. 
what happens if an enemy comes and sinks my ship and Thrall's still on it? Does Thrall just kind of show up on the outpost island where I yeah, show I think, up? Uh, or, you know, I like, he's, do uh, I have to go buy a new cat? <laughs> I think he's probably uh, a, a special breed of super cat that has the ability to uh, teleport himself back to mm. wherever you are. Or at least you to are. the ability to speak to mermaids. Maybe Thrall speaks exactly. merman. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Gets teleported to the new ship. Yeah. <laughs> so we know that we're getting uh, pets to start, which is really cool. But the other things that I'm sure are going to come later on as microtransactions are going to be ship customizations and outfits. I'm sure that there's going to be some paid for thing. But for sure. it's although you can buy it with real money, all these items are also going to be available through in-game currency, which I think is great. So absolutely. It basically and, just and- kind of like makes the store bigger but doesn't right. take away from anyone else, you know? And honestly, like buying these pets or buying an outfit or whatever, it's kind of a way for people that want to, to help support, um, you know, the, the game. Um, but yeah, like you said, you can unlock any of those items with gold. Mm-hmm. Nothing is behind a paywall. And honestly, like I, I don't know a hundred percent how much gold those things are going to cost. Yeah, we don't know what the launch economy is going to look like. It would seem like it's going to be reasonable. I don't think they're going to go all Star Wars Battlefront and, uh, you know, make you grind 60 hours of gameplay to unlock an essential item because obviously you're not unlocking essential items. You're unlocking cosmetic items. Uh, But given that, I mean, if I wanted to, I think, I mean, when when we played uh, during the beta, um, we only had one faction to to grind. And I think by the time we were done with the beta, I had I had bought the gold hoarder shovel, which was like eleven hundred gold. I had bought blunderbuss. I had bought the admiral's hat. I had brought a couple other cosmetic things that uh, you know cost a fair amount of gold. And I had probably spent five thousand gold um, just over the course of a week. So I'd imagine. Yeah. That so you felt like you were you were getting rewarded at a oh, good yeah. pace. Absolutely. So I'd imagine that these pets uh, probably are are going to feel pretty fair, uh, you know, whatever the gold cost is on them. Um, I think they said the real money cost is going to be around five dollars U.S. Um, yeah. So I can't imagine that the in-game currency would be would yeah, be too, too high. And exactly. so the other thing that I wanted to point out about these microtransactions is they don't actually go live in game on launch. They're going to go live with the first content patch that I had mentioned that's going to be a few months later. Um, I think actually literally three months after launch is when they're aiming to get the first content patch out. So they're kind of uh, reinforcing the idea that we were talking about earlier of like the reasons behind microtransactions. So they're reinforcing the idea of funding their extra content with microtransactions instead of just saying like, okay, here's our game, here's launch and there's microtransactions in it. They're saying, okay. When our new content comes out, the way you're going to pay for it is with microtransactions. Still free for everyone, but the whales are going to carry us. Absolutely. I I like this. I like this system. I feel like they finally are doing microtransactions right. They're not locking core gameplay, altering items behind real money. Uh, They're providing an option for whales to spend money on fun things and have them immediately. Uh, But they're also allowing anyone to get these items. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to be restricted from getting them. It's not like, you know, I mean, even in wow, there's mounts and things like that, that are real money only. Yes, there's no yeah. way to get in game. 
this kind of is is a little bit better than that in that anything you can buy with real money, you can buy with gold in the game if you just invest the time. And that's a really great system, uh, both for them and for the players. So uh, I'm definitely in favor of it. Yeah, I think this is absolutely the best way to do it. Um, We did get a little bit of listener feedback this week. Uh, So thank you very much to Night Vale, who went to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to join the conversation. We now have a Shipwrecks and Shanties text chat. So if you guys want to send us some feedback or ask some questions or just join in the conversation that's already being had over there. Again, that's over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. So Night Vale wrote in and said, I have an in-game store idea. Anti-chum. Throw it in the water to repel sharks for several minutes. So... I love this idea because my adrenaline levels can only be so high for so long. And let's face it, every time I jump in the water, I spend more time looking around for sharks than I do actually swimming. So an idea, like a way to actually make sure I would have no sharks around me for a couple minutes and I could take my time exploring a wreck, say, or, you know, any of the other underwater world things that we haven't even found yet because Siv and I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the water in the beta. We were mostly exploring islands. So Somebody there's, didn't want to go underwater. Yeah, I know it's the, there's sharks. <laughs> it's uh, terrifying. They're they're you know you shoot them three times or cut them up with your sword. It's fine. <laughs> I I personally like the idea of having actual chum, not anti chum. But I I want a way to attract the sharks for for two reasons. One to to troll Jocelyn when she's diving <laughs> <a> shipwreck. <laughs> but number two, I mean, think about having some chum. And uh, chumming the water around a uh, outpost when somebody's rolling in with a boatload full of chests they're trying to offload and they're swimming through shark infested water and have to fight off these sharks. You know, maybe you just sneak in there and grab a chest or two from them and, uh, you know, piracy, man. It's it's (laughs) our only option. It's really not a bad idea. I mean, I also like the idea, like if you know that you're about to get into combat, like out in the middle of the water with another ship. If you could chum the waters and attract a whole bunch of sharks and kind of use it like a defensive shield almost to, to sure. keep people away and, and not able to actually swim onto your ship or at least having well, I mean, to, to brave a whole bunch of sharks before they made it to you. <laughs> well, I mean, one of my favorite tactics, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the combat episode, but I like to board ships by if you're being chased, I just like to discreetly just jump off the back of the ship and then the new ship, you know, the ship chasing you rolls up on you, you just grab their ladder and, you know hang on for a few minutes and hide on their ladder and then uh, sneakily sneak up and stab the guy steering. And, you know, exactly. And, you know, but Be if you had a whole bunch about of, it. if you had a whole bunch of sharks around your ship, that would not work as well. It would keep people from, uh, you know, sneaking up on you. So, yeah, yeah. So I, there's I, a I lot like, of really cool things. you can do that. I like both of those ideas and, and you're right. There's so much that they could potentially do because like we've talked about before, like, the base game of Sea of Thieves is so robust and the world is so beautiful that they've basically gone and built a pirate paradise. And then there's a lot of room for them to expand their content systems, their questing, their story, you know, anything that they want to do in this world. There's so much room for that because the base game, um, they took so long putting it out. And I think they did a really, really good job. So um, well, and I think their systems are in place and their systems yeah. are working well. They're stress testing them. I think it's going to be a really smooth, fun game. I agree. So until next week, Siv, where can folks find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Siv underscore A-I-E. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. So until next week, 
Drink up, me hearties! Yo-ho!